2: Hello and welcome to All Starts Out We, a podcast in which Leeds fans cast their combined eye over goings-on at Elland Road, giving scrutiny to the underlying statistics and tactical footings at work at Leeds United. I'm Martin Riley, and I'm joined today by Dan Holdsworth. Dan, how are you?
3: I'm pretty damn good, mate. We've Leeds won today, so you know that makes all well, doesn't it?
2: It does indeed. So just so you know, we're recording um, the same day when Leeds beats Millwall 3-0 at mil the So yes, we're all feeling good. Have you eaten anything good today?
3: I have. Well, I went to my mum and dad's yesterday and we had had roast duck, but we made too much and we had loads left over. So we used a leftover roast duck today and made a stir fry out of it. So that was, that nice. Oh, nice. Yeah, yeah.
2: yeah. Uh, I've just, um, not long ago had some spicy Zinger burgers from a, there's a butcher's which we go to quite regularly and they make these really nice chicken burgers. They've got like peri peri ones and just standard Zinger ones and they're just really good and it's really easy just to, to put in and have a nice burger rather than having a, frozen one or something like that, it's just nice.
3: I do dig a spicy burger, so yeah, yeah, I'm with you there,
2: mate. Good stuff, good stuff. But we're not here to talk about food, even though we always open with that. We're here today to preview Hull City. Um, but first of all, before we move on to Hull, I just want to talk a little bit about the win today at Millwall and some things that I liked, and this will probably just consist of me talking about Georgie Rutter, because he was fantastic in this game, mm. as was quite a few others. Joel Perrault, he was also good, and Sam Byram, I thought was excellent, especially in the early build-up. And so, yeah, there's quite a lot, a lot loved about this game, and yeah, it's very good that we're getting this partnership of Perrault and Routaire going, and it bodes well for future games, but we'll talk about how that could impact the whole game a bit later. Uh, so, before we do move on to us talking about Hull, I had an interview with an opposition fan, uh, Nathaniel Whittingham from the, who is the host of To Hull and Back podcast on YouTube, and I'll play that for you guys now. Welcome to All Stats Out We, a podcast in which Leeds fans cast their combined eye over goings on Elland Road, keeping scrutiny to the underlying statistics and tactical footings at work at Leeds United. I'm Martin Riley, and I'm joined today by Nathaniel Whittingham, Hull fan and host for To Hull and Back YouTube channel. Nathaniel, how are you? I'm very well. Thanks very
4: much for having me on.
2: No, thank you very much for coming on. Um, It was going to be someone else who was going to be doing this with me, um, but we had a problem with the the audio recording and then they had to work, so I got put in the the direction of Nathaniel. So thank you very much for coming in short notice to do this. Really appreciate it. So today we're here to talk about Hull and obviously Leeds United, but specifically about Hull in this. Firstly, I just want to ask where Hull are as a club at the moment. Mm. Just fills in on how their last few years have been.
4: Well, the last few years have been... uh pretty much good progress especially over the last three years um in the covid season we were in league one um the previous owners uh, the Alam family uh done some great entrepreneur work um for the city but the ownership of the club side uh they said that basically we could go and die when we want which uh, after oh. that the reputation with the uh, between the uh, fans the relationship between the fans and the owners wasn't too great and um, the sort of turkish um Simon Cowell has come in, Ajn Ilajela. He has his own TV shows in Turkey. Um, oh. So he's been able to bring a, a whole much better side. Because the whole problem we had with the Alams is they wanted to change the name to Whole Tigers. Ajna has shown that actually you don't need to change the name to promote the brand around uh, the, the world, especially in Turkey, uh, where he has TV shows. So um, we had a, a very good season in League One. We got promoted again. And then um, we had... Uh, we. He came in halfway through the season where we got promoted in 2022 um, and um, we stayed up just about. We had a new manager and new players. Um, and we had Shota Arvaladza who came in. He didn't do so well, but since we've had Liam Rossini um, since around uh, November time last season, uh, all the new players that we brought in because we, we transitioned from having one of the smallest budgets in the league to one of the biggest um, other than Leeds and like, you know, Leicester, the parachute payment clubs we're one of the biggest uh, budgets at the moment. So it's progressed really nicely. Um, so we finished 19th and then 15th last year, and we're looking to get top 10 this season.
2: That sounds good. So it's been an eventful few, few years. I know mm-hmm. I've, I've seen some whole fans have been quite happy since Rossini has come in. So that's good mm-hmm. to see another Yorkshire club on the up. Great stuff. Um, So speaking of the transfer markets, Hull have been pretty active this this summer. Which signings were you most happy with and which have made the most
4: impact on your season so far? Yeah, well, I think we were supposed to bring in six players. That became 10. Uh, We signed 20 last year, so it's been a huge period of change. Um, At the moment, I guess the two players um, plus... Well, uh, most of them have been really good signings. Uh, we've signed two players who have won the championship before with uh, Burnley's Scott Twine on loan and Ruben Vanagre on loan from Sporting, who is a left-back, and uh, he won the league with Wolves a few years ago. And then we've also signed uh, what I've sort of coined the English Haaland, uh, Liam Delap on loan from Man City. Stoke and Preston fans talked a lot about how awful he was for them last season on loan, but for us, he's got two goals already and... He looks sort of in the Victoor Grookrish mold, tall uh, quick player who can dribble really well, cut inside and score like he did against Leicester, so he's been a really good signing. And then also we've spent uh, 5 million pounds on Jaden Philogene, the most we've spent since we got relegated from the Premier League. He's a very exciting young winger from Aston Villa. We were linked to him, well for a few few weeks it finally went through on deadline day, but uh, ten signings, a lot of them attacking players. Uh, and that's the main problem we had last year. We drew too many games. So hopefully out, out wide, especially and up front, we brought in the players to score more goals this season. Well, I think fingers crossed it works well for you. And how, overall, so
2: looking at your squad on an overall level, mm. do you feel do you feel like it's at a good level? And what are your expectations for this season? I know you mentioned earlier to build on yeah. last year, but what, what would you say?
0: Well.
4: Last season, we spent a lot of money. We signed players like Seri and Ozan Tufan and Oscar Estepinian, who scored a lot of goals last year, but he's now left to uh, Metz on them. Um I think we're probably in a better situation than we were last year because uh, under Baladza who was basically the new owner's best mate, rather than a manager that was perfect for the club, um, he, he didn't really seem to have much input on transfers. Whereas when we've had a senior He's had a lot more say on who we're signing, so we've moulded a team now that Lee senior actually wants to play with a lot of technical players and, and quick players out wide. Um, so, yeah, I think that the squad is better balanced. Perhaps we could have done with an experienced defender. We have good centre-backs, but they're all quite young. I think our oldest centre-back is 27, maybe, and he doesn't really play. We've got Greaves and Jones, who are quite young for centre-backs, so... Okay. Maybe we could assign a few defenders and maybe a defence midfielder, but generally the main work we needed to do was forward players, and we've done that in abundance on top of a few players who, who sort of got fitter throughout last year. Too fan, for example, came in and he was, um, some people were calling him too fat rather than too fan. <laughs> oh, His yeah. fitness levels at Watford weren't very good in the Premier League, but when he came to us, he's really improved and now he's Hopefully, one of the best attacking players in the championship as a attacking midfielder. So, um, yeah, we've signed some more players and uh, attacking wise. I think it's much more balanced, and we should have enough goals this season. Ah, oh, that's great. Uh,
2: thanks for that. And so. Speaking of results, so far you've had a pretty great start of the season. I'd, I'd say, look, when I had a quick look, most recently picked up a win against Leicester and you've only mm-hmm. lost one of your opening five games, which was on the opening day against Norwich. Do you think these
4: results that you've had so far will be
2: sustainable as the season goes on?
4: Um, I mean, it's kind of tough to say. We had the exact same start last season. I think we had about uh, 10 points and five last year. And then we finished 15th. Before the senior came in, we were actually battling the So, you don't want to get too excited, but um, I think especially winning away at Leicester, that's sort of a statement win. Um, perhaps we wouldn't have done that last year. Um, some of the performances haven't been great, especially the defeat at Norwich on the opening day, and then a defeat to the team that's currently bottom of the Football League in Doncaster in the League Cup. Mm-hmm. And since then, improvements. Uh, you know, the performances have improved a lot. So, uh, it's a big week with Coventry at home and then Leeds at home for us. So, um, mm-hmm. I think if we get, you know, three or four points out of this, keep, you know, staying in that playoff position that we are in at the moment. I mean, it's too early to say, but so long as we continue the defensive aspect of last season, which was the best, um, since seen seniors come in, his defensive record's been better than the, uh, it's like the fourth best behind the teams that got promoted last year. So, Adding to that with the second players, as I said, that would mean it would be sustainable. OK, well, fingers crossed you, you keep it up. And what
2: would you say is your current style of football when you have the ball under Rossini? Well,
4: uh, it's been seen a lot of criticism from the fans at times because, it, I mean, Man City play, it's that possession-based style playing out from the goalkeeper and with the centre-backs. I mean, we have actually had like the fourth, I think, or fifth most successful long passes in the league. So it is we can switch it up at times, but generally we play out from the back. When he came in in November last year, we really struggled with that and conceded a lot of sloppy goals, but we've improved a lot. So yeah, generally we like to have more of the ball and then um, it's sort of those one-on-one uh, uh, situations on the wing with the attacking exciting wingers we've signed uh, that hopefully can make the difference. but yeah, but we play out from the back certainly. OK, that's great. And
2: how about when the opposition has the ball? Or what kind of a press do you look to approach and try to win the ball back with?
4: Yeah, I suppose it's same. Rossini has talked a lot about Brighton and Man City being an influence, so pressing on the ball when when we do uh, lose the ball is something we do. But I think this season so far, we've only had the one clean sheet. Um, hopefully that becomes a sort of habit now with the clean sheets as it was last year, but we're not quite as good a defensive unit as last season. Against Bristol two games ago, we could have conceded four or five. Um, I think it's probably just losing that slight bit of defensive solidity as a unit um, when we don't have the ball so that we can attack better with the attacking players and maybe not draw as many games, but also lose more than we were drawing perhaps. So um, off the ball. Not as good as last season, but uh, we do a bit of pressing, yeah. Okay. Uh, One thing that Leeds have struggled with, um,
2: sorry, this question isn't on the running order, um, but we have Mm -hmm. struggled with teams who sit back and absorb pressure in a low block. Is that something that you think is likely to to happen in this game? You're saying that Leeds struggle when they... Play against low block. Yes, exactly. Yes. We've struggled to break, break them down at times and mm. to score, score goals through a low block. We did quite well against Ipswich because they were more open in the way they played. Um, but then when we came against Sheffield Wednesday last week, we struggled, um, because they were sitting back and absorbing a lot of pressure. So mm. do you think it's likely that Rossini will look to retreat into a low block in this game?
4: Yeah, I think that's definitely a possibility because, as I said, when we were against Bristol at home, perhaps thinking we could take the game to them, we conceded a lot more chances from crosses into the box. Whereas going away to Leicester, we got a clean sheet there and we sort of frustrated them. So I think you know, Leeds-Leicester Southampton will be going up against a lot of that this year because of that sort of idea that the parachute payment teams are a much stronger side. So you do have to frustrate them. Uh, you know by defending more so I think perhaps we might be a bit more defensive than we would be against Bristol and Coventry those sort of teams so yeah perhaps yeah will try and repeat the Leicester game.
2: Okay and Leeds have been looking to keep hold of the ball under Daniel Farker but have been vulnerable at times in transition with that in mind how do you expect this game to look and would that mm. suit all and would that suit hold do you think?
4: Well, I think it could be quite an interesting game if both teams are trying to keep possession. But sometimes I've thought, especially when we concede goals on the counter, that I would like us to be a little bit more or or take more risks, perhaps not keep the ball as much and just get it forward quicker. So in the transition, we do have those quick players to counter, like Delap and Philogene, Twine, these sorts of people. So perhaps that That would work. But I imagine the senior will probably just want to control the possession. As much as so perhaps that would actually suit Leeds. Okay, we'll see how how that ends.
2: It could be quite an interesting tactical battle. And who would you say are the most important players to the way that you play in under our senior, or perhaps most important for you to get result against Leeds?
4: Mm. I mean, absolutely the sort of linchpin of this possession based system. We we couldn't do it with um, sort of Richie Smallwood, who we had years ago as a captain, who was sort of just a a battler in midfield. Siri. Uh, we're paying him the massive wages and um, he's won this league before. The way he links the centre-backs to the midfield and sort of dribbles out of those tight situations when we are being pressed and playing out from the back, he is by far the most important player. And Maybe he's not our best player, but without him at that sort of uh, kind of sweeper role, we wouldn't be able to play the system if senior wants to. No, I'm a big fan of those sort of midfielders and
2: I was a fan of um, Seri when he was at Fulham. He was uh, mm. very, very good for them, so I can see why you like him too. Um, so looking ahead to this game, do you have any
4: notable injuries or suspensions ahead of it? Yeah, well, I mean, I was talking about him earlier. Ozan, two fan. Uh, the last Yorkshire derby we had um, at home, he scored a hat-trick, but unfortunately he's not going to be able, able to do the same. He's got a slight hamstring injury, so... Uh, he, he might be in contention for leads, but it, it's unlikely. So the major okay. one is that we haven't got Ozan Tufan. And then there's a fair few wingers we have that we signed last year that are still injured, seemingly. So, uh, But we don't expect them to play, really. That's uh, players like uh, Ali Ar and Dokan Sinek, perhaps. But uh, Tufan's the major one. OK, thank you. And I know it's a bit of time away and anything can happen on
2: the weekend, but could you give us a best guess at what your lineup will be?
4: Yeah, well, without two fan, I think that the the strongest lineup we have is probably, um, well, unless he has a stinker against Coventry, it'll probably just be Ingram and in Goal. Uh, Ruben Vanagre, left back, Greaves and Jones as the centre back pairing. The captain, Louis Coyle, um, and then Zoe, Regan Slater, and then Scott Twine on one wing, Philogene on the other, and then up front, or perhaps DeLapp can be on the wing, it'll be Liam Delap and the uh, Irish international, who's had a very good start. Aaron Connolly up front. Great. I'm c- glad to see that Louis Kyle um, is playing because he's a yeah. former
2: former Leeds lad who came through our academy. So yeah, it'd be great to, to, to have him back. So sure the Leeds fans will give him a decent decent yeah. reception, I would imagine. So on this pod, we don't ask for predictions, but what I will ask is, where do you feel this game will be won or lost?
4: I mean I could be facetious and just say on the pitch, but I think it's probably it's probably just whether or not we play that system we did against Leicester where we're sort of more of a strong defensive unit frustrating the opposition or whether we're gonna go for it at home. Um, because it did work against Leicester, I think perhaps um we would have a better chance if we did try and frustrate Leeds as you said with the low blocks. So uh, mm. I think that sort of, whether he goes for it or not, that's the major thing
2: okay that's great thank you very much for joining us today brad uh, where can our listeners find your content
4: um our listeners can find us on uh, youtube facebook and twitter where we do our streams and just type in to hull and back on on youtube or any social media and then we've also got a um, a new website where we're doing blogs and, and articles and stuff like that and that's just uh, uh thab online that's so you can great. find us on youtube or, or on the website Perfect. Well, again, thank you very much for coming on and good luck for the game. Thank you very much. And, and good luck for the game uh, and, well, after the game, I'd say, for the rest <laughs> of the season. Yes,
2: that's fair. Thanks again. Bye bye. Right, so that was good fun,
3: wasn't it? It was, yeah. It was a good interview. Quite interesting. I, I like the um, Dilap, the English Harland. I mean, uh, <laughs> nice nickname. <laughs> and then the anecdote, what was it, the funny anecdote about the Alams? The Alams, the, the previous owners had told Hull fans to go and die or something, or die how they want. I forget what the, the exact quote was. Yeah,
2: that was quite an interesting little anecdote. It was good to have the, those little things on there, so hopefully Absolutely. you all enjoyed that. Yeah. And yeah. just want just want to apologise as well, because towards the end of the interview, I called Nathaniel um, Brad, because there's a <laughs> I never a, noticed... <laughs> <laughs> there was a bit of a mix-up, because I was, was going to be interviewing a different Hull fan called Brad Jones, Um but during the recording, something messed up, and we lost the recording, and he didn't have time to re-record the same day when we did it, so he put me in touch with Nathaniel. So I'd m- removed most mentions of Brad from my order. but i'd left i'd left one brad towards the end which i i read out so
3: (laughs) should have kept quiet i think i I didn't notice anyway so
2: well i'm sure some some will notice so for anyone who does my apologies to nathaniel but thank you again for joining us
0: many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out my solution is plush care
1: you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host.
2: Okay, so just to crack into what, some of the things that Nathaniel said there, um, he mentioned that he thinks Hull will be vulnerable in transition as they have tried to keep hold of the ball and attack patiently under Liam Senior. Do you think this will be the case, or do you expect them to sit back more?
3: I mean, he talked about, didn't he, he? He said that they had that approach worked quite well for them against Leicester, so he thinks they might take the same approach here. Now, the Leicester win was a home win, wasn't it? Yeah, it was at Hull, so that suggests to me that Rincio is happy to sit deep and you know and play that kind of absorb and counter at home. He's not, you know, he's not perhaps frightened of um, upsetting his home fans and doing that. Yeah, so I think he might, he might do that. He might look at the you know, the Ipswich game and the Millwall game today where, you know, both Millwall and Ipswich came out at Leeds and Leeds hurt them properly in the transition where, you know, or you, know, you might look at the Wednesday game, the Chef Wednesday game and see, like, a team do a pretty good, good job at st- stodging the game up and, and you know, and, and nullifying our attack. So, yeah, I, I wouldn't be shocked at all. I hope not. I, I really hope not because I think, you know, it's, yeah. it, <laughs> for obvious reasons, but, yeah, I, th- I think it could happen. The, the only thing against that is that, that like Leeds is a derby isn't it and they really want to beat Leeds where Leicester there's no real mm-hmm. rivalry between Hull and Leicester so the only thing is the fans might not accept that and they might get in the backs a bit so perhaps that could drive them out a little bit and that's, that's kind yeah. of you know that's my hope really yeah I,
2: I do hope that Nathaniel was right and that they will try to play their game more mm. and because that does I think f- fall into our hands really and it will leave more space for us to attack and that could be quite open then. So I do hope that is the case. But if uh, Rossini is smart, that won't be the approach he takes, in my opinion. If he does adapt a bit and do what he did against Leicester, then I think that will probably work better for Hull. Yeah. Uh, But speaking specifically, where do you think that they may hurt us or where we might struggle with their game?
3: Well, just... I mean the squad's great. I mean, I had a really good look at the squad. I was listening to him. I was just looking at you know the squad on transfer market and whatever and stuff. I was like, oh, that's actually quite a tasty squad. That mm-hmm. Rosini should get those. They they should be they should be kind of playoff contenders, top eight contenders type. You know, type team. You know, I mean, like like Delapsler kind of learning learning the game, I guess, and learning senior football at the moment. But Aaron is a good forward. Um, I think this Lokila looks like a fun winger. Philogene from Villa looks like a fun mm-hmm. winger. So they just got a lot of kind of. Like really fun attacking players, like Scott Scott Twine's good. he's is kind of um, really great set piece. Two fans, obviously, goal. You know, he's got a lot of goals this season. Looks to be a really really good player. So I, I do think there's a lot of attacking quality there. I think they've got Nathaniel uh, talks a lot about a wing player, didn't he? And getting the ball mm-hmm. out to the wings quite quick and and and, you know, and getting good transitional moments on the wing. So you know that's something we're susceptible, isn't it, to us, particularly you know particularly yeah. behind our right back. So. I do worry a little bit. I'm not sure who's going to play. Who's going to play? um, Who's going to play left wing? Philogene played against Coventry left wing. Quite a good winger, I think. So, so perhaps that's a. It's going to be a stock answer for me this year with Ailing playing. But you know, that's 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 going to be where they're going to look to get behind us probably and, and try and get transitional moments against Ailing. I would think.
2: Yeah, that's, that's would be my answer as well, but yeah. I do echo what you said about their squad. And it is quite strong, especially in the forward line. Yeah, yeah. But I'm, but I'm also quite a fan of the midfielders. They've got, mm. um, yeah, yeah. Jean Terry and Regan Slater are both talented players in the midfield and they've got a good balance to to them, I think.
3: I've not seen much of Slater. I didn't really i am not chance to watch them. I mean, I know Seri's is a really kind of good, kind of defensive, stroke box to box type player, isn't he? Midfielder, you know, he'll carry the ball, but he'll, he'll break play up as well. What, what sort of player is Slater? Is he more of a ball player or?
4: Well,
2: um, yeah, I think he is slightly more, but I think it's kind of an even split between them. By the but, at least yeah. going off going off the stats anyway, uh, since uh, seri does have um, quite a lot of shot creating actions to mm-hmm. him. So, and I do yeah, expect yeah. that to be the case that he will, but it's not really high quality chances that he's that he's making. So it's more just getting the ball forward, and maybe people taking shots from the edge of the box. Yeah. Um. But I know that he's very pretty press resistant. That's one thing I, I do remember of when I, I've watched him when he played for Fulham. Um, and yeah, 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 he's he's a pretty press resistant midfielder. So that could, if they do want to play the ball more, that could work well for them. Having to play like him in deep areas, who can evade our press, so it may make things difficult for us to win the ball if they have got a few players who are like that. Yeah. So yeah. Um. Yeah,
3: good ball carry, isn't he?
2: Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, he is indeed. And so I think we've covered which players we want to look out for, but let's talk a bit more. In One detail. thing I, well, sorry, I just yeah.
3: I, I did mention him. Scott Twine. Set pieces are excellent. Yeah. So you know, like direct direct set pieces, I think that's just another thing to worry about. And if two fans not playing, I think Twain will play in the ten. And they're a 3 one team, aren't they? So that's another mm. thing to watch out for. So don't be shocked to see you know Scott Tain to West Milly at some point. T- yeah. It's got twine test melee at some point. That was hard work saying
2: that. <laughs> <laughs> nice little mouthful you had there. Yeah, yeah, but indeed, yeah. indeed, yes. Uh, so we've mentioned some of the, some of the players who we think we should look after. So let's talk a bit more detail um, about these players. Um, for me, the ones who stood out most to him was uh, Liam Delap. Um, I think mm. so far what I've seen of, of him, he looks like he's a very talented centre forward. Yeah. he can he can hold up the ball well. He's pretty physical and is seems quite cl- quite clinical so far. He's um, scored two goals off 0.5 XG, so he's scoring goals so far quite early in the season. And then the other guy um, mentioned Connolly, is it the yeah. other striker? Yeah, he's, yeah. He scored even more from, at least I think, how many has he got? I've wrote it down somewhere. Four, I think he's on four yeah. goals, I think. Yeah, yeah. Four goals from 2.3 XG. So both of those players are clinical. So even if they don't have a lot of chances, if they've got those sort of players on the end of them, that could mean that. If they are just getting a couple of counters here and there that they could, could take advantage, so we need to be very cautious on where yeah. we're t- turning over the ball. Um, anything else you want to say on those or anyone else?
3: No, no, it's just interesting on Delap because Delap was a hot prospect, wasn't he? Like you know, yeah. one of the top, one of the big, uh, the big, the big things coming out of the Man City academy. And he's had a couple of loans. I mean, this is perhaps his third loan season out, and I don't think his loans went all that well. And there was maybe some doubt that he was going to be one of these kids, these super kids that don't really make the transition to to senior football. Yeah, so he had a loan at Stoke City, Preston, and now he's in his third loan at Hull. But, you know, perhaps it's just one of those. It's taken two free loans for him to get his, for him to get his head around like senior football, and, you know, perhaps mm-hmm. it's starting to click for him now. So, that yeah, that's interesting to see. I mean... A, I think he's a centre forward, but they've played him off. off they've played him wide sometimes, haven't they? And Conley's been yeah. the main striker, so that'll be interesting to see if he if he hooks a touchline or if he ends up becoming like a second striker, arriving from wide. I don't know. That'd be one to watch.
2: Indeed, uh, the, the, they've played him in a couple of places. I think the reason why they've had him off the wing. I think they've also played four four two a lot last season and right. to, towards start of this season. Right. So it seems like he's used to playing um, in a strike partnership. So it makes sense to have him. Move to, to the wing because that, that's maybe that's the sort of areas that he knows, and he's more yeah, effective yeah. in those right half spaces. So, that that could be what what we will have to expect from him to be a bit dangerous on, on that side. Mm. So, that'd be whoever's at left pack who has, will probably have to keeping an eye on him more.
3: Yeah,
2: but yes, uh, where are we? So, predicted lineup, I think it, it, the end of annual already said what the lineup is, so refer to that where that would be. And moving on to that Leeds now. So how do we predict Leeds will set up in possession for this game? Structurally and tactically.
3: I would imagine it'd be quite similar to what we saw, what we've seen most of the season, what we saw today. We'll see one of the fullbacks given more licence to get forward, the other one tucking in. I think we've seen Shackleton and uh, Byram do it quite well from left-back, so we could see one, either of those two. If, I mean, Byram was great today uh, against uh, Millwall, a real good game, I thought. And a man of the match contender. But... He has injury troubles. He's just come back from an injury. So I wouldn't be too upset to see Shackleton get a run out in his place just to keep him fit. I think Shackleton had a pretty good game against Wednesday, or not, you know, a pretty solid game against Wednesday. So I wouldn't be too worried about that. But the other worry is ailing, isn't it? So I guess just in terms of we'll see a similar kind of fullback approach, I expect lead... Well, it's funny, actually, because... Like Hull, have, Hull tend to dominate the ball in most of their games apart from two, I think. I think away in Norwich and against Leicester. In the, all the other games they've had most of the ball. So it'd be, it'd be quite interesting to see how they, if they give the ball up to us and sit back and like say absorb the pressure or try and turn it into a... Or, or if they'll try and press us and, and try and disrupt our build-up. So yeah, I'm not, it's, it's going to be an interesting one. I, I think we'll probably just try and build up like we normally do through the full-backs into into the pivot and out again wide and try and switch play quite a bit and build down the flanks like we do. So... I'm, I'm I'm suggesting that that's what will happen, but if they press us hard, it might force us into a more transitional, longer game. So that'd be interesting to see, really.
2: Yeah, I would echo couple thoughts. Um, I do think that we'll probably will continue to play the same way that we have been doing, and not be. But if we are forced into it, I think a transitional game could suit us quite well um, because we have the players who can definitely exploit transitions, like we saw against against Millwall. Um, we were, were a lot more effective in transition than we were in consolidated possession against Millwall, so yeah, if that that will suit us if we do do that, and I think it's probably be the same for the out of possession approach, um, depending on what Hull do really.
3: Yeah, I mean, it sounds like the Hull centre backs like to carry the ball and they're fairly progressive. I think Jacob Greaves is another good player actually, The left centre back. He'll he'll carry the ball out so. It'd be interesting to see how we tackle that if we kind of let them carry it into midfield and snap onto them and look to kind of counter behind if we win it off them. Mm-hmm. I think Jones apparently carries it. I think he mentioned Jones carrying the ball a bit as well. So I wonder if we'll try and set traps in that respect and try and just, just win the ball you know, in the kind of centre in, in the in the midfield area and try and counter off that. I wonder if that's something we'll try and do. So maybe perhaps let their centre have it and bring it out.
2: Yep, that could quite well happen. Mm. Let's see what happens in the journey and see which team can manage to keep hold of the ball. more. Mm. that will be interesting. Whether Rossini does decide that he's going to play his own game to try to mm. beat beat the big big bad Yorkshire team leads. Huh. So, <laughs> so is there a player you can see having a big impact on this the outcome of this game for us, um, good or bad?
3: Yeah, I, I mean, I thought Ailing was okay today, but I do worry about Ailing just generally this season. You know, his form's fallen off a cliff, hasn't it? Really, I think. Time's catching up with Luke. He's been a great servant, but it's catching up, and I think, yeah. So that's the big worry, and I and I guess it's just if Leeds do have a lot of possession and we are pushing high up the pitch, it's the kind of the setup, isn't it? Like the rest defense hasn't been the best from far. I think it's possibly one one area of criticism mm-hmm. for him. He sometimes loses, you know, one one on one or two on two, and it you know we can get we can get hurt sometimes with that, you know, especially if someone breaks, you know, beats a man in a duel. So I kind of worry a little bit about that. So yeah, that's those are the two things that really concern me. And if they get like fast switches as well with Delap and Philogene on the wings, I think they could really hurt us. So yeah, they're the things that kinda of concern me. But having said that, defensively, I think we were pretty solid today. We defended our box pretty well against Millwall. So yeah. you know, generally speaking, I thought the centre backs and Ampadu were pretty good today. So it's kind of it's kinda of when we're opened up and there's like a lot of space to defend, isn't it? I think in settled in, in settled shape, I think our defence is looking fairly good.
2: Yeah, I'd agree with that, and we've done a good job in the last few games, both against Wednesday and against Millwall, defending Mm. our box, and especially we've had quite a lot of long balls to deal with. There were a couple of moments where um, it did look a bit shaky from from the long ball sort, and there was one, I believe, which Stroud didn't deal with properly and ended up putting it out for a corner. Um, But yeah, that is something to keep an eye on.
3: Yeah, it, it kicked it against Ailing, didn't it? It bounced off Ailing out. Yeah, early in the first half. Yeah, yeah.
2: Yeah, exactly, exactly. Yeah. So, predicted lineup. Um, this could be one which could be drastically wrong because obviously we don't, don't really know what fast going to do when it comes to rotation. It's first midweek game we've we've had. So, what, what could you see changing for this game?
3: I don't keep us the same. I don't see the centre backs changing. Um, I think we've got a nice partnership there. I think he has to keep Ampadu there, doesn't he? At the moment, he's so mm. pivotable. To our build-up and, and the whole play, fairly, I would I would be, I'd be more shocked if Kamara doesn't get a start than does. I think there be a swap there, Kamara yeah. for Gray, and I do wonder if perhaps he will look at rotating some of I think some was that great today, so I wonder if there's perhaps a change of change of player on the, on the wings just to freshen things up. Uh, but otherwise, I don't necessarily see a lot of changes. I think it'll be the same team, but I can see him making more subs in this game. Just to you know to. to so we're not, we don't have players playing the whole game so you know you might see you might see Pereira Rutterelli play in 60 minutes one of those two might just get 60 minutes just to make sure that they're, yeah. they're okay for the weekend following we might see Gellhart get a run out at some point perhaps Ampadu gets subbed if the game's in a good, you know, if we're in a good position and Groove gets a, gets a run out, a bit of a longer run out this time in, in place of Ampadu perhaps. So those are the sort of subs I expect, but yeah. And the only other thing is Byram, isn't it? Byram's the, the injury concern, isn't he? So I wonder, yeah, Shackleton for Byram perhaps is, is an obvious change to make.
2: Yeah. Those are the changes that I could see as well. Um, I'm not sure which, but I think Grave, probably the nailed on one that we don't want to risk o- overplaying. And considering we have two other options who have come in now Groove or Camera, who have both played games over the international break, so mm. that will have, will have got their match fitness up and still will have had enough of a break to play in in this game by then, I believe. I would think so. So, the, yeah. so that, that will be one that I could see. And yeah, Shackleton coming in for either Ailing or Byram. Byram, dependent. Uh, yeah. P- Most likely, Byron. It depends what his fitness is like, but yeah, that would be the smart one, I think. And Shackleton did well in that position against Sheffield Wednesday, so I don't think Fark would have any concerns about putting him there again. I
3: mean, I mean, what the fitness staff? I know they tend to do they'll do surveys with the players, don't they? And they kind of they kind of look for triggers, but the players, the sort of language the players use when they ask them how they feel you know they talk about the soreness level don't they and they rate the soreness level don't they and they just they just watch how they're moving in training so you might well it might well be it's just purely a fitness based question the fitness coach might come and say yeah yeah x players looking struggling here he's not moving very well keep take him out of the team until the weekend
2: yeah I do wonder about, um, Bamford and when he's going to be getting back into the team. Cause if they, they mentioned that he was back training, didn't they? Um, yeah. during the international break. So I wonder if this is the game where we, we see him on, him on the bench and maybe we'll come on and play, play some minutes. Yeah, perhaps. Uh, just 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 to try to get his match fitness back. Um, that would be good to, to see him back. So we've got another striker option. It's, uh, and, it's, I think it's Matty or Joseph. Also,
3: he's fit. He was, he was uh, on the bench, wasn't he, for the Wednesday game? But he didn't get off the bench, yeah. so he's around. Um, I think he's, I've seen him in the training videos. You know, that, that come out on, on on the socials.
2: Yeah, so they, these are the sort of players that maybe they could have been saving for, the, so they didn't want to bring them all the way down to London. But but they may do do so for this for this game. So that's one one, one thing I, I expect to see. Uh, so, what would you expect this game football will look like?
3: I think it, it's got the potential to be a really fun game if Hull have a, have a go at Leeds, and I think I can see there being goals. I mean, there's been a reasonable amount of goals in Hull games in general, but they do actually give up quite a lot of xG. I, mean, I looked across the five I games; they've that. given up nine, yeah. yeah, nine and a half goals. Uh, nine, sorry, nine and a half xG against. In this is from FBref, so you know, different different providers in five games. So you're talking, you know, almost two xG per game against. Yeah, now, that's some,
2: that's the most in the league as well. I think. Yeah,
3: yeah, yeah. And they generated six point three in, in five games, so they've perhaps overperformed their you know their XG position. Perhaps as a season, I mean, we don't know about game state. You have to look into that and all that kind of stuff. So, you know, perhaps they're quite an open team and they can be got at. I think they've got like young centre backs who are quite talented but can be got at. You know, I think they've tried to be quite attacking and quite a, you know quite a progressive team generally speaking, with the exception of the Leicester game. So it does have the potential if they do step out and play. For it to be a real fun game, and you know, perhaps been a you know two or three, or four goals in this game, perhaps you know, I think I think it really could do that. But if 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 Rossini is smart and and or Rossini does want to take the Chef Wednesday approach and and sit on a lower block and frustrate leads, it, you know, it, you know, midweek championship games can be suffer-fest sometimes, can't they? When players are tired, so yeah. it, it could. It depends on how Rossini approaches it. It could. It could end up being a bit of a sufferfest if he chooses to make it that way.
2: And there's also the point that they've they've had an extra two days rest. Yeah. Because they, they played on Friday, didn't they? They did. Uh, so, yeah, yeah. So, so, yeah, so they've got an extra couple of days' rest but, but than what we've had extra time to prepare for the game as well.
3: And they're at home, and they're at home, so they've had no travelling. Yeah. So, yeah, Exa- yeah, exactly, yeah. exactly. Yeah. So,
2: that's something to, to take account. So, they could have better energy levels than what our players do, especially if we don't make too many rotations yeah. in the, the yeah. players. So, yeah, it's going to be an interesting game, I think, depending on. I think it all depends on how Rossini decides to attack us if, if he does think fuck it we're going for it then it will be a very open game and there'll be a lot of goals but if he does sit back then it could just be a tight 1-0 affair going whichever way <laughs> yeah yeah. and finally where do you think this game will be won or lost
3: i mean if, if leeds can get i mean i mean our forward line's great isn't it um mm-hmm. if we can get our forward line into this kind of nice transitional situations they're going to hurt everybody in this league i think they have the capability, don't they? So Rutter had a real good game, didn't he? I know you've said that already. Like Perot just showed his, you know, he wasn't, I don't think he had a fantastic game, but he just showed his quality in those moments. I mean, the way he took the first goal today. Fantastic. Yeah, lovely finish. That's what you want from him. Even if he's having a quiet game, he just has that ability, doesn't he, in that moment? So yeah. just any any space we can, I, I, I think we can really hurt them. So yeah, it's just about generating transitional moments and taking those chances when they come, which I fancy them to do. Um, if we can do that, then I think we're fine. Um, yep. Yeah, yeah.
2: I would agree, especially, I think it also ties down to how Rotinia approached it. And yeah. if it does, if it does end up being more transitional, I expect we'll win. And yeah. if they try to dodge things up, then I think they could potentially nick a 1-0 win. But I hope yeah. that will not be the case. But yes. So we will be back. Um, I'm losing all track of when, when will this come out? This will be going out.
3: So this will be coming out Monday, won't it? Or perhaps late Sunday. You'll be ready for Monday morning, I think, for Patreon subscribers.
2: Exactly. Yeah. So, you, so your next time you'll see us will be when we review the whole game. Yep. And as always, if you want to get advantage of the early access or any of the bonus pods, which me and Dan are actually recording immediately after this, we're recording the Under 21s pod. Yep. If you want to get access to that, you can look at our Patreon at patreon.com forward slash A-S-A-W Patreon. But again, I want to say thank you very much to Dan.
3: No worries, mate. It's a pleasure.
2: And yeah, indeed. And thank you all for listening. See you next time. Bye.